Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come before you again this evening. Father, tonight I would like to talk about a specific verse in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. It's of the third church. Pergamos. It's the last verse, and it's very important because I have not explained it to its full, and it's very important we understand this. I'd like to use the example of Moses. I talked about this last year a little bit, but I think that we'll begin to understand why this is important at this time. This verse says the following, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Very important. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. Some of the hidden manna to eat. The manna is the instruction of God. And then he says this very interestingly to clarify it. He says, And I will give to him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. What is that saying really? I will give him some of the hidden manatee, but then I will also give him a name, and no one will know that name except him. So what the Lord is telling us in this, to summarize this in a very important manner, is that God is going to give you a work to do, because the name means the work of the kingdom of God that you were given to do. It's within your name, all the authority over the works. That's why Jesus said, I came in the name of the Father. Bear witness to the knowledge of truth and do the good works. That's what the Father does. All those works are enabled by Him. His Spirit is in His words in a full measure, John three thirty four. So what the Lord is telling us here is that every person who overcomes, God is going to give them a unique and individual work that fits together with the group. No one's going to be over the others because He said they're all going to walk in one shoulder. This is in... Joel, uh, Zephaniah 3, 8, 9. But God is going to give specific abilities and works to specific people, and that's going to be their work. And the Lord says no one will know it but them. What's that mean? It means that no one else can receive the knowledge of that work except them. They are set aside. They're given eternal life because he says in John five twenty four that those who pass through the judgment will have eternal life because they're going to be set aside set apart by his words, those who keep his words. Those who do not have the white garment on will not get a new name. They will not get a work. They will not be because he says they come in for the inspection and when he finds them without a garment on, he'll cast them out. But if he finds them with the garment on, what's he going to do? He's going to give them a new name. He's going to give instructions specific for that name. I understand this a little bit because when the Lord told me he's going to give me the words I'm to take them to the world, he did this over several visions and then several prophetic words, very specific, were spoken by people I did not even know. 
at the time, and they specified the same thing. See, words can kill us if we do not receive them and do them as he's told us to do them. Those without the garments will be cast out into the pit, out into the, at first they're going to be cast out with the wicked to be punished. And then if they don't repent and return somehow, then they're going to be taken out. But they were given the opportunity to come into the kingdom. And God is saying if they do not turn and come, they're not not—they're worthless. They'll never be any good. If they've given that much and got in because they believed the words and then did wrong, they won't get them back. It's very dangerous to do that kind of thing. But what the Lord is saying here, he's going to give them a work. And in Zephaniah 3.9, he says they're all going to walk with one shoulder in his pure language. So he's going to run works for the kingdom of God. He's going to give them the instruction of the man. And the instruction of the bread means it's going to give them a knowledge of how to do the work that he's given them to do for the kingdom. Whatever that work is. It's like Korah, when they rebelled, Moses went to him and said, why are you not satisfied with the greatness of the work that God has given to you, but you wanted more? And God tested them that night. They stood with the lamps in their the door of their tent and God swallowed the earth, had the earth open up its mouth and swallow Korah and uh, his household and, and it went straight through down down in the pit. We know from history that some of his children were not in there with him. They didn't support that work. They didn't uh, believe in what his dad did because they, there were survivors of the Korah family as the Bible tells us. There's even Psalms from the relatives of the Korah, Korah family. But this is what God is saying is we must be satisfied with the work he's given us because God has the master plan. He knows exactly what he's given us to do. Whatever that work is, if you prepare the breach, whatever that work is. In my case, what the Lord said, he's going to cause it to open these words. And he says, if he said, don't give your work to anyone. People will come to you and say, can we have what you have? And you tell them no, because God says it won't work. What I've given to you, it's like it's going to flow from your head outward. And it's the same for all of us. Whatever that work is that God has given us to do, it's going to flow into you and it's for you and you're to do it. And no one else given that work. God has reserved that for you, for his kingdom. It's like his disciples. He had a chair set for each one of them to, to rule. There's different things for everybody to do. Everybody should be satisfied because the work of the kingdom is done by the group. The glory is to the Father. It is not our glory. It's not more special to be this one or that one. The specialness is, do we get the job done? God's thing is the team of all teams. That's why he says his team, 7-3-8-9, walks with one shoulder. They realize that the work of the kingdom requires all these jobs to be done because God has a master plan and he's the one and we are just servants of him to do the work he's given us to do. And we cannot change what he wants. There's the great example, and it's complicated to understand, but you can understand it if you understand what he just said in Revelation 2, 17. Because what the Lord did in Deuteronomy 1, this is at the time of the end of Moses, Deuteronomy 1, he's, he's telling the people an interesting story. It's the start of the Deuteronomy. And it says, Moses reviews Israel's disobedience. And in this Israel's disobedience, he's going to talk about the spies. But first, he's going to talk about a failure that Moses did. And that failure was way back in Exodus 3. He didn't realize something. 
his father-in-law came to him and saw him working. See, Moses was standing in front and teaching and judging the people. Teaching and judging the people all day, wearing himself out. And so his father-in-law saw it and said, you can't do this. Why don't you do it this way? And he gave him the ideas. What's the problem right there? That problem of what just occurred, which Moses said, oh, this is a good idea, is the failure of Israel a long way. And Moses is saying that in Deuteronomy 1. I listened to a rabbi who compared this very well. He compared the first part of Deuteronomy 1, like in verse 8 when he starts to talk about uh, God set the land before him. God repeats it again. In, I mean, Moses repeats it again in um, verse 21 when he starts to begin to talk about the spies. You can look at the things that happen piece by piece of what he did when putting the leaders in place back in Exodus 3 versus what he did. I think it's Exodus 3. Yeah, just 3. And what he did also in here in Deuteronomy 1 when, when the people with the spies. See, here he's, you know, he's got his father-in-law coming to him and saying, this is what you should do. You should put it in place of government. See, now, his father-in-law was of the world. He did not have the words of God in him. And and the Lord had told Moses, go lead my people out and bring them to me at this mountain. And then he was going to give them the inheritance of the kingdom so they can go in and over and take the promised land, the land of milk and honey's promised to them. But Moses diverted the plan of God by putting in this wisdom of his father-in-law who wasn't even of the house of Israel. You're not supposed to have a leader. God says don't let a leader be over the house of Israel. It's like King Herod was of Moab. He's the tribe of Moab. That was not of the house of Israel. King Herod, the one that killed Jesus at that time, his whole family, they were not of the house of Israel, should not even been in power, but they were. They put him in power. We're doing that today. We have presidents and stuff we think are running the nation, but they don't run the nation. The Treasury and all the corporations of the United States, in other words, the military is a corporation, the government's a corporation, they all are owned and controlled by people who represent the Crown Trust, and the Crown Trust runs our Treasury. It is not like we think it is. Our churches are not teaching and following the instruction of God. It says to come out from following these leaders. There's a good reason why God put that instruction in there, but they're not doing it. But see, the sin of Moses back at that time of listening to his father instead of taking this problem to God. See, Moses should have just halted everything right there. The people were coming to him. He should have taken this problem to the Lord and said, Lord, these are your people, and he needed to do what Solomon later did because Solomon recognized the problem. Solomon said, I don't have the wisdom and understanding to to rule over these people. And Moses was trying to rule over these people. He was judging them. A judge should be teaching the words and showing them the way of the words. He was answering their questions, whatever it might be. But he should have taken this to the Lord for the answer. Because the answer they missed. There is one answer that solves all this. But they missed it. The answer is God wanted, when they come to the mountaintop, he was going to see them there. He wanted to write his words on their heart. So everyone would know the law because the law is the words of God. Go to Psalms 119, 142 and 160. You will see it says the entirety of your word and 
in Psalms 119, 160 is truth. And he says in Psalms 119, 142, your truth is law. And you'll see in in Matthew seven twenty one to twenty three that he's going to reject many shepherds, many prophets, many healers at this time because what they are lawless, lawless. They're doing it by their own interpretation of how the things should be ruled, how the churches should be made, how the churches should be done, and it's all wrong. The Lord told us at this time we're to return to him and we would receive the knowledge of his words of wisdom that he's trying to pour out on us, but we will not receive it. And Moses failed right there. And he's telling them that. And if you look at what he says about him appointing judges, and then you go look at what he says about the spies, they're doing what he did back then. He failed because when he, when he did that, He was saying, I can't judge you. I can't carry you. And so when they went to send out the spies, what did the people say? God can't carry us. Those people are too great. There are too many giants. We'll never overcome them. They didn't seek out the answer. If Moses would have done the example that God was looking for, he was testing his people, meaning he was also testing Moses. He tested his people all the way to Mount Sinai. And he came on Mount Sinai. And he said to them, I want to write my words upon them in your heart and in your time. And we should pay attention at this time because in Ezekiel 36, God is saying that's exactly what he has to do at this time and nothing else is acceptable. He's going to write his words on our heart because we've shown through the example of all of us to this time, even from Moses. As great as he was, as humble as he was, he was the most humble person. But there was lacking the knowledge and the power of the word of God. He understood the words. He wrote about him. He put them in the law. But don't follow that example exactly. Because what did we fail to do accomplish in Moses' time? He appointed all these rulers. And what happened? Every time there's a problem. You know, when he went up on the mountaintop with the Lord and he come down. And they, were, they made the golden calf and so on. Where were those leaders at? Of all the tribes and every group, he put leaders, judges, as supposed to be righteous men over top of these people. They didn't keep the righteousness because they had no strength in them, which is the knowledge of the words of God that have the power of God, and even the power of God to cause us to follow after him in truth. Moses failed in that manner. See, when this word is given you to do, God is saying it's to be not be given done to anybody. You're to get a piece. He says, I'm going to give you some of the hidden manna. Some of the works that are prepared for this very day that God is going to be doing. Like, for example, the temple must be built. And it's going to be done in the way of the words. And God is going to give certain people the knowledge of how to do this, not in the way the world has been prepared to build it. But in the way that God wants his temple built, the temple of Ezekiel, it'll be built expediently fast because the people have the knowledge of the words. But there's many other things to be done. The way to do things, the way to make things by the way of the words a science that man does not know. God is going to reveal some of that hidden manna to each people, and they will learn how to do the things by the way of the words, and that work will be given to them to do. Some will be teachers of children. Some will be others. Some will be people knowing how to build a house in the way of the kingdom of God because our houses are not right. It's supposed to be a banner around them to keep people from falling off. We're supposed to be able to put a tent on top of the roof so we can celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles with the Lord. These things are not right. They're not wrong. I mean, we're really wrong in these things. 
There's things like the lighthouse and the, and the watchtower, but most steeples are not that. Most steeples are there for the purpose of being like an obelisk, and they don't even know it. It's an abomination to God. It is not the way of the Lord in these things. Some even have, a, like in England, there's a church in downtown London that has a dragon as a weather vane on top of a church. Sad things. But see, this is the hidden manna that God is going to give some of us to make. And Moses was saying in that time, he failed them by putting those leaders because they continuously had the problem. These leaders were not righteous enough in them. They did start to get knowledge of the words. They revolted and they tried to come over. Even his sister and Moses. After, in the time of, of when they, they defeated the Amalek, when they defeated the Amalek, the very next thing was Miriam in chapter 12 in Numbers. You know, and, and remember when they defeated Amalek, Moses had went up on the hill. I told you this morning and last night, yesterday about the hill, what's important about that. When he held up that, his staff, held his arms up, God, he was worshiping God. And when he's worshiping God, the victory was theirs. Because the focus was on worshiping God and not, not on the other people. The power and the strength flowed through him because he was praising God that they'd given victory. And Moses had the victory in that. And he was showing the people the way of the hill. See, the very next thing then was Aaron and Miriam said, well, he has a, you know, the actual statement in Numbers 12 says this, verse 1, it says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman who he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. See, they were getting prophetic word, but they were wanting to take his work. His work. You know, God told me to take the words to the world and, and get understanding of the scriptures and teach it to the people. And that's what I'm doing. And God said, don't give that to others because it won't flow right. But every one of us has a work like that. God has given each one of us a work. Don't be jealous of anybody. Because you've all got a work given by God that he's going to give you if you turn to him and come into his kingdom. God would have given Moses the answer. The answer that God would have given him is get the people together and let them understand that you don't need to come to Moses for this answer. I, the Father, am omnipresent. I, the Father, have the words. I can put those words in your heart. You won't ask a question. You'll know the law right in your heart. And that's what God's going to do for us at this time. We won't need a constitution. We have the way of the Bible in the past to, get, to show all of his ways. But you'll have the words and you'll be able to ask of the Lord. He will make known that work for you to do. And if you've accomplished that work, Maybe he will add on to it for more in the millennium. See, God has given us this work to do. And he says he's going to give each one that work. Do not give away what God has given to you. It's an inheritance for your name, the work that he's given you to do for the greatness of the kingdom. Because now is the birthing of the kingdom on, on earth as it is in heaven. And he's waiting for his people to be set apart to give him that work. Lord, I pray that the people understand this greatness of your plan. Lord, Moses was hurting. Everybody says that Moses didn't go into promised land because he didn't holler your name when he struck the rock. But that was just symbolic of the problem that began at the beginning. Dear Lord, he, he didn't treat that understanding of the word enough. And dear Lord, we, 
you know, if he had a question of what, it, what is that going to do, if I strike the rock or just say it like you're telling me to do, he could have asked you and you quickly told him. Lord, when we come up to these problems, let us understand it, Lord. Let us not, not feel you to do what you want us to do. To get, if we have a doubt, Lord, bring it to you. Lord, we are allowed to ask you to increase our faith, which is of hearing the word. You told us, Lord, in the promise in Proverbs one twenty three, that we will turn to you, you will pour out your spirit upon us and cause us to know your words. You will cause us to not only know your words, but the work that you've given us to do for the work, the knowledge and understanding, the hidden manna for the work that you've given us to do for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that we'll understand this great message. Lord, the example Moses gave us, he pleaded with you, Lord, because what you said to him, you will not lead my people into the promised land. And then Moses pleaded with you, if I can just go in with them to see it. And you told him no. See, the problem of it is, dear Lord, you needed to give authority to Joshua to go in. And Lord, the people would have continued to look at Moses. But dear Lord, there's many reasons why. But the basic thing is we needed to get over this issue of the king. And dear Lord, we needed to get understand that we need to look at you as our king. And we failed continuously even up to the days of Samuel when they rejected him as a, as a judge before them. And they had asked for that judge at Mount Sinai when you wanted to write your words on their heart. They came to Moses and said, to no, no, let, us, let, let the Lord give us somebody to, to speak to us. See, there was the failure. If you would have went and just showed them, if Moses would have just showed them that you were the one that gives the answers to the instruction of how to walk in the kingdom, not, not his father-in-law from another race of people. Lord, we pray that we'll understand this. We need to speak to you. You put your blood as a purchase price so that we can enter the Holy of Holies and receive instruction for exactly what you want us to do in every situation. Lord, I pray you'll help us to understand that is authority and great authority, and it's a special honor because it's an inheritance that you give to us. Lord, we praise your name. We ask you, Lord, to help this message be understood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.